the guy shot him, then he got shot. The end. Iron Brains, a podcast that would like to remind its younger listeners that Osama bin Laden was, in fact, the bad guy. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host. That's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here, too. How you doing tonight, Lori? Yeah, about the same. Lori's about the same. Tonight is Monday, November 20th, 2023. You have a good weekend, Abe? Yes, uh, very uh, relaxed, do-nothing kind of weekend. You know, uh, I didn't do anything, and so that was a plus. <laughs> How about them bulldogs, Abe? Yes. Did you know that game recognized fame? That's not Still? a thing. You'd stop <laughs> saying that. <laughs> game recognized uh, fame. I mean, if Georgia were to win it again, I mean, you can't improve on that, right? So what are they going to do with the next apparel? I, I, that's why, probably why they won't win it again. Because <laughs> the two-peat is as good as it gets. So the opening play from scrimmage on Saturday night, handoff by the uh, Tennessee Volunteers to their running back, right through the middle, right past the inside linebackers, 75 yards for a score. Was it over, Abe? What was the feeling in that moment? So I've made it a habit to, uh, whenever they play like a ranked opponent, to watch it at my local sports bar. And I was sitting next to some random person, as I often do at the bar. Uh, and as soon as that play happened, uh, kind of look at each other. I was like, uh, I'm not concerned. You know, the, the Georgia's... <laughs> Does this? I mean, they do it usually over, you know, a few plays a on the first usually try. Usually takes like four minutes and right, like right. yeah, you know, ten to twelve plays maybe. But right, yeah. I think uh, the, the the guy, the fellow said like, you know, it was like a 10, 10 11 point uh, spread. Like just spot them the ten points. Yep. And the game can start. Didn't need to get that far, but there were no. It's weird. There's no concern. This team is like good enough to where like whatever. I mean, if Alabama did that, it'd be concerning. But like. I wasn't at any point concerned with Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, as I texted after that play, I was like, well, we got that out of the way. That, Kirby that, joked about it today. At least the first drive thing was just over and done yeah. with. Because they're always scoring on the opening drive. It might as well just give it to them. Why bother even uh, doing any defense on the on the kickoff return, you just let them have it. Just literally spot them seven but points is, and then get on it, with it. It is weird, though, how... Often this has happened. Like, what is going on in the minds of the players? Is it just like uh, this mental hiccup? Like why? Like it just looks so easy. Like if you. Well, that one was a mental hiccup. The other ones were not. Yeah. Yeah. This one was uh, the uh, the analysis that I read today was everybody messed up. <laughs> Perfect storm of mess ups. Yeah. Everybody messed up. <laughs> Nobody was where they were supposed to be. The rest of them, it was just like you know nerves and getting into it and new yeah. you know positions and everything but yeah yes. otherwise someday it was everybody messed up 
otherwise a spectacular game in basically every way, except that the scoring didn't continue in the way that it sort of felt like it might. Like the offense kind of petered yeah. out there towards the end. But whatever. It was a thoroughly dominant performance against uh, what at the start of the year anyway seemed like would have been a, a threatening SEC East opponent. Some of the conversation that I've heard, and we can quickly talk some college football here, uh, top four, if the playoff were to start today, is Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and Washington. Of course, that's not – it's very unlikely that that's how this shakes out through the rest of the season because Ohio State and Michigan have to play this weekend in what will be one of their classic all-time matchups, uh, presumably, although neither one of these teams is at its best right now, certainly not – not the best version of themselves from the even just the last uh, two, three, or four years, yeah, right? Or the season. They're not. Neither of them are as good right. as they looked at the beginning of the season. I, I don't know much about uh, Maryland football, but uh, I was surprised that Maryland was close to Michigan, like at the end. Yeah, I wasn't. For some reason, I wasn't surprised. I expected that to be a, a close game and made a little bit of money by expecting that was going to be a close game. Uh, immediate, I lost it all <laughs> shortly thereafter. Don't worry about that. It was a stupid betting weekend. You shouldn't have bet on anything. Yeah. Well, I had the Michigan game, right? Just not a whole lot of else. I heard some people talking about how Georgia could, like my son, for example, and then after yelling at my son, like I had a 20-minute conversation with my son where like three times he's like, trying to come up with scenarios where Georgia can lose but still be in the playoff. And I'm like, look, boy, it's not going to happen. And then we turn on the TV and there's like three dumbasses on the television talking about how Georgia could lose the SEC championship game and still be in the playoff. It's like, no, what are you talking about? It's just that it would you would need other teams to lose as well. You need Washington to lose. You need Florida State to lose. So even if Washington loses... It's because they lost to Oregon, presumably. And so you would need not only Washington to lose, but Oregon to also lose this week to Oregon State so that they would have two losses. And yes, then but be none a... of this is out of the question. Right, right. But it's a, it's a cascading series of unlikely yes, events. But it's not The most out of likely the scenario is that whoever wins the Big Ten, either Ohio State or Michigan, is going to be in the top right. four. Whoever wins the Southeastern Conference, either Georgia or Alabama, is going to be in the top four. That's two, right? So that's half of the spots. Whoever wins the Pac-12, whether it's Washington or Oregon, is going to be in the top four. That's three. If Florida State – now, this is where it sort of got interesting because the Florida oh, State man. quarterback's Did you see that leg, leg injury? <laughs> I saw it. I heard about it. I did not oh, watch it, it because I'm not a sicko I, like some people on this podcast. I was going to share – I just like college football. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Abe, who probably turned it into a GIF and uh, and made it his wallpaper background at work. There was some sort of issue with when when I try to share the actual video. I don't like to share the link. I want to share the you know easy viewing. Uh, The audio would not for some reason it wouldn't translate. Like it would just be just the visuals, and I was like, oh, this is. Not up to standard, so I never did share it. But man, that leg, like the when they were announcing it, like I think they weren't immediately clear what was going on. They're like, "Oh my god, what is that?" Like once he started kind of flagging, like, "Oh shit, my leg is wobbly." Like it, it right. was not a good look. Right. So Florida State, they need to beat uh, Louisville in the ACC championship in order to be and Florida this weekend undefeated. They're going to beat Florida. Florida's not a very good team. I it's don't, I don't care two that, backup quarterbacks. I I know, but. F- it's Florida's just interesting. No 
Sure, it's plausible that Florida State, that the ACC could be out entirely of the top Fucking four. Fucking Auburn lost to New Mexico State last weekend. Yeah, sure, but Auburn, it sucks. Uh, I'm not saying that it's impossible. I'm just saying, also, further, like, uh, Texas is out there uh, with a 10-1 and record, and they've already beat Alabama, so they could plausibly have an argument for uh, sneaking into the top four as well. So it's just that... We should, as as Georgia fans, the only acceptable outcome is beating Alabama. That's the only acceptable outcome anyway. And getting sneaking in as the number four, only to have to go play Alabama again in a month. We can't do that again. Right? Right. Would not be. Although they probably would end up being like the two or the three or something anyway. So then they'd win, and we'd have to play them again. It would be awful. Right. I mean, the 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 positives is that you know Georgia controls their own destiny just like Alabama now that that loss is kind of you know meaningless now right because they they win they're in like it doesn't matter there's no formula where they win and they're out right like they're if they win the SEC title game a bunch of stuff could happen where they win and they still get kicked out like this it's impossible for whoever wins the SEC to not make unless they lose to Auburn this weekend yeah, assuming like uh, there, there's I no don't think, uh, issues. I, I don't just, think it would matter because I think Georgia could lose to Georgia Tech this weekend in a hilarious. Yeah, but if Alabama <laughs> lost to Auburn, then they'd have two losses. A two loss, anybody's not getting right. in. Right. I, I think. Yeah, I think all of that uh, assumes that this, this uh, the, the rivalry week that's like not competitive. Everybody wins. Like Alabama wins. You know, Florida State wins. Georgia wins. Everybody like is the same record with a win next week. Right. I don't think that the SEC champion is getting left out mostly because I don't think either one of these teams is losing this weekend. Further complicating the top four issue, if Georgia were to lose the SEC, is that if Ohio State and Michigan both play really good games in that in that game, and then one of them just you know, and the loser is just a one loss team, like they would be just on the outside of the top four looking in. Also, so then it would be a question of, well, Georgia's worst loss is to an Alabama team where they got blown out or something on Saturday on the a couple Saturdays from now whereas Michigan's worst loss is a very close loss to their biggest rival and the number 1 team in the right. country. So obviously Michigan has the better resume than Georgia does would is is how the argument would go. So it, like there it just seems like there are very specific scenarios where everything has to fall directly into place for Georgia to lose in the SEC championship and still get into right. the playoff and it all just seems silly to me. Uh, yeah, just just win, win and you're oh, in. It's all silly. Yeah. The uh, Speaking yeah. of silly, um, is Harbaugh rest of all of the season or just the three games that they mentioned? No, just these so three he games. Keeps- he's so far allowed to not, – not that it – He's just not coaching in the game. He's still on the he's still practicing yeah. with everybody. He's he's just not allowed on the field during the game, which doesn't really matter. But, but he can also Yeah, he, that he, ends as of right now, it's just a three game okay. suspension. Uh and, and they, it, it, it seemed like, you know, there's supposed to be like that court hearing, but because more information came to light, they just said, We'll accept it, like we're not gonna appeal the three games. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that and that's that's from the conference. That's not from the NCAA, which is going to have its own thing to say. There are people who seem to think that Harbaugh could just be done there, uh, which is somebody said that kind of crazy. Could extend into next year. It could be like a full season next year. If that were to happen, then he he's not going to stick around. I mean, I know the Michigan man, but at that point, go to those oil rich fucks, you know, in in Texas. 
No, he would just go to the NFL. Yeah, I guess, yeah, because this would be not just a school. Like, he would be any head coaching job no, in college, a, right? This is a crazy yeah. person. He's not going to get an you NFL. You think they don't have crazy people there? Not like this. This is a, this is a different sort of crazy person. He's not going to get an NFL job. I I, I refuse to believe it. You don't it. think the Raiders he would had an NFL give job. him the job? I know they're... Al Davis's son does not count as somebody in in this scenario. I guess you, there's no accounting for the the haircut uh, and that guy's decisions. Possibly he could be the Raiders yeah. head coach, but that's it. As long as we're doing sports here, uh, Abe, it's time for a pop quiz hot shot. All right. Four of the following five people played significant time at quarterback this weekend in the National Football okay. League. I'm going to I'm going to give you a list of five names. Four of them, believe it or not, did in fact play significant time at the position of quarterback in the National Football League on Sunday. One of them did not. You have to find the imposter in my list of five NFL quarterbacks. Uh, Note, Abe, huge National Football League fan, loves the sport of football Follows it closely, right? Right. Oh, Although I did not watch the NFL this Sunday that closely, I took a you know I, I kind of saw some of the scores, but I did not pay too fine of a you know I wasn't paying track. I wasn't paying attention to the quarterback, so I may get this wrong. Five names. Here we go. Number one, Jake Browning. Number two, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Number three, Ian Campbell Brown. Number four. Aiden O'Connell, number five, Tim Boyle. Which of those five names did not play in the NFL as a quarterback so this weekend? I can rule out two, four, and five. I know that they are quarterbacks and they played uh, the first one, the the Browns quarterback with the three names. He played. They won. Uh, Aiden, whatever. Arthur Conan Doyle. He played. Tim Boyle. He played. Jake Browning. Who's the third guy? Ian something. Jake Browning was number yeah. one, and number three was Ian Campbell Brown. I have never heard of that name before. Ian Campbell Brown. I'm going to go with, yeah, I've never heard. Jake Browning, I've seen that name, like, I don't know, for some random team. Uh, I've never heard of Ian Campbell Brown. I'm going to go with that, number three. Abe, that is absolutely correct. I made that name up. That is not... <laughs> like. That, that is not a quarterback in the NFL. I almost included uh, Carson Wentz in my list. Instead of just making up a name, I almost stuck Carson Wentz in there. Because did you know, Abe, that Carson Wentz is on an NFL roster now? I heard some news about him going somewhere. Where, where, where did he uh, land? He signed with the Los Angeles Rams. Okay. He is the Matthew Stafford's backup now. If... Once again, another missed opportunity by Stetson. If this guy uh, was on the field, he'd be playing. It wouldn't, they wouldn't have to resort yeah. to so, Carson Wentz. Just to go through the list quickly, Jake Browning came in for Joe Burrow, who was injured in their, oh, yeah. uh, in their game and their loss. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns now that the— uh, The guy from Clemson. The massage yes. guy uh, with the, the, all the, the sexual massage. assault. D, with a D name. Sexual assaulter De- fella. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Watson. 
has been sidelined with an injury for the rest of the year. I believe Ian Campbell-Brown I made up. Number four was Aiden O'Connell. He is the starting quarterback for the Raiders, believe it or not. I did not know that until I was looking at box scores this morning. And Tim Boyle came in for the Jets because their Mormon quarterback is very bad. (laughs) And they seem to have forgotten at some point uh, that they had already decided that he was very bad when they traded for uh, Aaron Rodgers or signed Aaron Rodgers. You know, I I get the the Wilson uh, is very bad argument. Equally compelling is that uh, Boyle is also not a very good quarterback, right? Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think Tim Boyle is better than Zach Wilson, (laughs) certainly. But Also, did you see that the quarterback for BYU is Jewish? No, no kidding. Look at that. I did not see that. Well, you're on the wrong Twitter, sir. Wow. Is he converting or is he but staying? He remains about... Jewish? No, he's just Jewish. Is he converting? <laughs> he's Jewish. And he goes to BYU. All right. That'll uh, wrap up the... plays the quarter- quarterback position for their football team. Wrap up the sports bag for this week, I think. Nothing else to say in you're sports. A sports bag. Let's open up the WGAS news bag, you're on the other bag. hand. Abe, the... Uh, uh, more bad news for Joe Biden. There's another birthday boy, poll. right? 81 years old. Yeah, that's right. Happy birthday to Joe Biden, who turns 81 years old today. Do you think 81 year olds celebrate their birthdays? Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, now that he's he's on the other side, like he's back to being like a five year old sitting at the table, excited <laughs> to see the cake come in with the candles. Well, it's on like it. every every year, it's like, wow, good job, yeah. you know. <laughs> 81 years old. Uh, speaking of, uh, R.I.P. Rosalind Carter. That's right. Who passes away. And, Abe, it is November 20th. You had made a prediction at the start of uh, 2020. An addendum to my failed prediction, yes. Right, yeah. But in 2022, your uh, prediction for the year involved uh, two things, I believe. A University of Georgia Bulldogs uh, title uh, and then the death of the Queen of England. And Jimmy Carter. So two out of three, not too bad. In 2023, you re-upped. <laughs> By the way, I'm going to re-up. I'm not going to lose this. I'm going to get this right. <laughs> Double down on your Jimmy Carter prediction at the start of 2023. And then uh, when he went into hospice, uh, you started like uh, buying party favors. You were booking. Uh, you, I believe you booked a party bus. Uh, just true. on a on a like three week uh, retainer basis, just so that any <laughs> at any possible moment you would have access to a party bus. Pretty so that, fucked up, Abe. So that you could you and your buddies could all get in the party bus in Atlanta and and drive it on out to planes while getting hammered, and then party on Jimmy Carter's grave uh, when he died. Not exactly true. I think that's about right. And then you have uh, uh, just like a month or two ago. You doubled down again, and you insisted that, and I think this was in October, you said, Jimmy Carter will be dead before December 1st, was what you said, I believe, on this podcast. Just 10 days, Abe, is what you have left uh, for Jimmy um, Carter. I think, I I, I don't think he's going to make it. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a theory that, yeah, when one goes, the other one goes, I mean, but... Ten days is not that that long. I mean, he can he can make it. No, it's usually like three days. But does he have any reason to? Was Rosalind his reason uh, to to continue to? Yes. Keep on keeping on. Yeah, that's that was what the people said. They said that these people need to die, but neither of them wants to die without the other one. 
So also they're just has, both alive still, and now she manned up and died. Does it <laughs> does it hurt the the narrative of the romance if he hangs on for another three or four months? Like does yes. does that diminish? Uh, whatever it was that they had, if he doesn't die within 96 hours yes. of Rosalind kicking it. I don't know if they keep track of uh, from the time you get in hospice care, if you're like plus 90, like uh, hospice care is for other purposes too. But like, you know, if you're like 98 and you're in hospice care, what, like in February, March, when did he get into this hospice care? And he's still hanging around Thanksgiving. Summer. No, it was it was the first quarter of the year for sure. Oh. It was yeah, it was some time. But his wife, I thought that that would be the experience. Like I think last week I saw something. She entered hospice care, and then like oh, I, three I days don't think later, it was forty eight hours from the first alert about hospice care to the announcement of her death. Like it was very short turnaround on her. As usual, she's doing it faster and better. Right. Yeah, that is the that, that's the approach. Yeah. Well, just hang on, Jimmy. Just get us get us to January first. By the way, this is uh, not related to the quarter, but you know, with the the deaths and the Biden's presidency, like in like two days, isn't it sixty years since that JFK guy got shot? Yeah, that's right. Eleven sixty-three. Eleven twenty-two sixty-three. Twenty second. Yeah, eleven twenty-two sixty-three. So I wonder at what point will people accept that original? You know, like. The, in the in the year since, there's all these like weird conspiracy theories, right? Shouldn't there be like a cutoff if you can't make the case like 60 years on, you should just no, revert back to worse. accepting the official there's story. There's only more evidence, but there's not can... more evidence. There's like less evidence. I was listening yeah. to some a podcast that they just came out about like the Kennedy thing, and it's like the same like oh weird tenuous connections, and nothing came of it. It's been 60. Please years. Please tell me you didn't listen. To Rob Reiner and Soledad O'Brien's podcast. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> oh my God! You actually listened to that? I listened to the first two episodes. And I was like, "What is this?" Like they they Jesus haven't made the Christ. case. All this, all this noise. I almost, I almost did. What was the thing that we did? Uh, we did a whack shit or wacky shit about whether or not this podcast is a thing or just some wacky shit that yes. I made yeah. up. <laughs> Rob Reiner and yes. Soledad O'Brien. Doing a JFK conspiracy podcast is the most random, like, uh, you start the bingo machine and just see what names and subjects <laughs> pop out. <laughs> like, how is that not an AI-generated uh, podcast situation? That uh, is true. It is kind of random. Who I killed JFK saw... with Rob Reiner? And... So, yeah, it's getting I... good reviews for some reason. Not getting good reviews. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh there's always something like uh, just a, within the last couple of months, the FBI like refused to let out a, another tranche of documents or something, right? Like there's still a bunch. The reason that the conspiracy theory doesn't die is because the relevant authorities haven't still haven't fully released all of their uh, files on the situation is certainly part of it. And the other part of it. Is that the 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 story wasn't the story wasn't particularly believable uh, right at the start? Uh, they they weren't completely on the up and up with everything. That's why there was this whole Warren Commission thing. Oh, right? they were just gathering information. They were a little slow to gather it, but they gathered it. The guy shot him. Then he got shot. The end. I think it's the. I mean, obviously, it's the it's the killing of Oswald by Ruby yeah, that, that yeah certainly helps the conspiracy stuff along. Uh, at that point, by the way, Rosalind and Jimmy Carter had been married for 18 years. Yeah, it's crazy. 
<laughs> when JFK was assassinated, they were they were married for seventy seven years, That's which is longer than the average human lives uh, by a good bit. Even longer than the average American man lives by like four years is what seventy seven years is. Remember the uh, LeBron James points record that I said would never be broken. Like this is, I mean, seventy seven years. Uh, there's no presidency that's going to produce that, right? Like where there'll be a couple because you have to have been married. In your early twenties and live close yeah, to a hundred, and people don't marry. Anymore. Yeah, people don't marry that's that un, young. That's an unbreakable record. Yeah. Yes, it's not going anywhere. Lori and I this this weekend will be celebrating a twenty year Gross. together situation. See, certainly not married the whole time. Uh, Are they? Anyway. So they're they're counting just. I mean, they're probably just like the courtship of like three weeks or something. But like they're counting exactly. just married to one of them dying. Not 77 years, yeah, from wow. marriage. I don't that think is. that the court, yeah, <laughs> I don't believe there was a lengthy courtship. <laughs> hey, uh, you there, you want to get married? <laughs> sure, they'd known each other since they were like small children, apparently. It's a, it's a very romantic story, yeah, those two, very nice. anyway. Speaking of old fucks, Joe Biden, uh, 81 years old, happy birthday. Nobody likes you. That's the uh, <laughs> that's the news from NBC. Uh, he has a, an approval rating of 40% according to their rolling poll. And uh, worst of all, for the first time in the history of the NBC poll, uh, Joe Biden loses in any hypothetical or real-world matchup with Donald Trump. So the the very first time that they polled this question uh, back in 2019 – Joe Biden beat Donald Trump, and he did every single time uh, up until this past week when now he has fallen below Trump. I'm, I'm not sure if this uh, this uh, came from the, the same article, but I think it did. Uh, they mentioned somewhere in there that the lone incumbent to be behind in the polls at this point is Donald Trump. Basically, like, I did not know this, like November of 2019, like basically around this time, like a year out from the, the, the election uh, – Trump was behind 10 points to Biden. Right. I don't – do you recall that being that big? Because it's not like Biden was doing great in the primary during this time, right? I mean during the debates it's because and- It's because Trump had a ceiling at that point of like 40 fucking percent, like period. Like there was just no – he was going to lose to pretty much anyone, right? Right. But, but I think he was losing to Bernie by, by like three or four points at that point, right? Like Right. He was losing – yeah, so – so Trump actually got what like forty six percent of the vote share in twenty sixteen, and then forty seven percent in twenty twenty. But like when he polls, he's like six or seven points below that. It's like around forty forty one, right? And so like when they asked the people a year out, it was a mixture of people who basically they would vote for him, but they don't approve of him. Like, and I wonder what is that for Biden? Like that. They don't approve of what he's doing, but they will still vote for him. Okay, so your your question is, it's not that the polling was bad. It's just that people couldn't wouldn't admit even to themselves necessarily that when push came to shove, they were going to pull the lever for Donald Trump simply because doing so for the alternative in the in the real world situation at the voting booth is not something that they could bring themselves to do. So right. like intellectually, as, a, as an exercise, they were like, no, I can't vote for this guy. But then when they actually get... So you're, you're saying that's not a, a, a feature of a bad poll that missed Trump support by 6 or 7%. Right. It's just the, the people's minds. Does that translate to what's going on here? 
Uh, right, because the, the questions are, I think, uh, the way they're written, like you would think, well, we asked them the right questions. Like, you know, would you vote for such and such for president? So they're thinking, well, that answer should reflect that. But if somebody is like disapproving of somebody, they know that this is a hypothetical question. They know that the election isn't today. Like if you disapproved of something, of Trump in 2019 or, or of Biden in, in 2023, you don't care the way the question was formulated. You would still vote in the negative, right, to say like no. And so, like, the numbers are accurate as far as approval, but I don't know what, what it tells us yet as far as push comes to shove, these are the choices a year out, which way do you go? Because it's not going to be 40% a year from now. It'll be, like, whatever, 47 48 50%. Is there any possibility that people have somehow forgotten what it was actually like to be – an American in Donald Trump's America? Like how? A lot of people. Uh, if you ask them, you know, the only thing you hear. Notice. Yeah. The only thing you hear is people say, well, either I was doing well or gas was cheap. Although the gas part, they were talking about the, the pandemic era gas, right? It wasn't like, I mean, gas was lower, uh, but it wasn't like as low as it got during the pandemic because nobody was driving. You know, nobody was going anywhere. Uh, but yeah, I mean. To your point, I think we survived, so. <laughs> we survived an event, like a deranging event that could have broken the country in ways that uh, I don't think we appreciate because we survived it. It's kind of like uh, the survivability bias of uh, life having survived for this long. We sort of take it for granted, but how dangerous it is to just to be this on this little speck of dust in the wide universe, the amount of constant mortal danger that the earth is in. Like just the fact that earth has maintained a relatively safe distance from the sun for a relatively extended period of time, which has given rise to all life on earth and now human consciousness as well. Arguably, just that fact gave rise to the very notion of religion, right? Like, surely the only possible way that this could have uh, happened is through uh, the divine intervention of a superior intelligence, right? That's the only plausible explanation for why we have life on this earth and why it uh, continues. Is the fact that we survived the trumpeting somehow uh, making us forget how potentially deranging it was to have that guy as the president of the United States for four years. I don't think you understand how little so many people care. Right. And that, and that's why, again, you know, if people do have, I mean, you would have to have the memory of a goldfish for you to have excised from your brain the, the, the chaotic years, right? Uh, so, like, a year from now, if something else comes you know, the conditions are slightly different. These polls are kind of pointless. I always think, like, the the way I compare the two, it's like, okay, so, like, it's like you're a passenger of either uh, an old car driving the car or, or a drunk guy driving the car, right? Like, neither is preferred, uh, but one is a lot worse than the other. Like, you know, like, Trump was basically like you're the pa- America was the passengers to a drunk driver. You always have to kind of like, oh, what the fuck is he going to do next? Like, what the hell's happening? That's why the ratings were up because people are, are alarmed. Like, holy shit, this guy's going to careen off the road. That that he did not does not mean no, that he most won't. people Ra- just have their faces in their phones, not yeah. paying attention to how people are driving. <laughs> That's what most people are doing. But for some reason, like, yeah, it's like all of that is like, ah, it wasn't so bad, but like, I can't imagine people would actually want to get back in a car, but who knows? I mean, uh, the, the numbers are what they are. 
the longest the longest drive I have ever been on. I was a passenger in the car on the way to where the hell were we going? We were going to see a concert. I was I was 18, 19 years old. My buddy's girlfriend was driving and she drove as though her body was in the center of the car. That's is, how my mother is drives. It's sort of the best way for me to explain <laughs> the, it. it so this, her car, her body is in the center of the lane. Right. So she put yeah. she put her head and like her, her field of vision <laughs> needed to be in the Hi, center Mom. of the lane. This was not, this was my buddy's girlfriend in high school. I had no idea anything about my mother-in-law. This is, I'm not speaking it's 100% ill. 100% how she drives. Of my mother-in-law. Uh, it's funny that uh, I guess this is a thing. I've never experienced it except for my high school buddy's girlfriend, the way that she drove. Her name was Kara. That's immaterial, I suppose, to the conversation. But I spent the entire trip, and I feel like it was an extended trip. Were we going to like St. Louis or something? Were you going to see Zwan somewhere? Yes, certainly. Anyway, the point here is that I would never forgotten that drive because I... Uh, my arm gripped the the door handle tightly <laughs> the whole time. Uh, my buddy Steve and I spent, I think the, the uh, at some point I think he just put his eyes, he closed his eyes and went to sleep to avoid exactly. the stress of being a passenger in this car. Whereas I could not relax, I had no ability to check out, and so I was just uh, fully amped the no, entire just... goddamn way. It was the longest. Uh, ceaseless. Uh, it was it was torture for an extended period of time, and I vowed I would never do it again. Like literally anyone else. I know it's your car. Somebody else is driving us home. I don't care what we have to do. But, I will but get what on a if you had bus. a smartphone back then? What if you could just stare at a screen? We would have all been dead. We would have all been dead. She would have been doing because it. she would but have been on the fucking phone while we, is, while driving in the middle of the fucking highway with no regard people, to the line markers. Which lane you markers. can tell by how few people in this country vote. Most people are not looking at the road in a car they're not driving. They're right. just staring at their phone or they're asleep. Or they're on the happy part of Twitter, which is over here. Uh, anyway, what where were we going to go with this? Um, we. Will, will this poll, which, is, which comes on the heels of a, a number of other uh, similar polls from the New York Times and other uh, highly reputable organizations, right. which suggest that Joe Biden is in big trouble in the places that matter most, which are all of the... Uh, all of the swing states, the, the the big five or six swing states. There's a if you play with the two seventy to win thing, where you just go through and you click around and see like which states are going to go which way, and you just give the current situation to Donald Trump, he's going to get like three hundred and forty electoral right. votes or something. But uh, the, the thing is, you can plug in Haley, right, and it may not be exactly the same numbers, but like he's behind, you know, he's behind other. Republicans as well, right? And so, is I saw the stupid headline like he's some sort of some vibe. You know, they always make up new words like vibe session or whatever. Where like it seems like he is a uh, uh, like a grievance magnet. Like and so like if you were to sub him for somebody else, like what are the numbers there? Like is because it, it's not like people are pointing to some sort of policy that uh, Haley. Or Trump would 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 follow that 
Biden well, no, is and not. I certainly don't think the excitement about Nikki Haley is related to her recent call for the end of anonymity on the Internet. Right. I'm going to play a quick clip from that here just to get it out of the way. So is Nikki Haley on Fox News. This is not the only time that she did this. She talked about this like three different times and sort of semi-walked it back eventually. But uh, this was the point that she was getting at. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's first of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, all of a sudden people have to stand by what they say and it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family members going to see it. It's going to help our kids and it's going to help our country. Uh, Nikki Haley, speaking like somebody who's never been on uh, Nextdoor or the Facebook app. Yes. Yeah, Facebook. <laughs> Where? Where uh, there is no anonymity, Your name's right there. and yet people are still awful to one another. Give her the least bit of praise from me last week, where I was like, "Man, out of all of the dumbasses up there on the stage, I sure like to see Nikki Haley up there against Joe Biden uh, at some point uh, next year." And and then she goes and she turns around and she does this and she says this stupid thing. Uh, is is there? I, I wonder what what support she's trying to show up by that, right? Like this is targeted to somebody. It's not like. National security people. It's not targeted to anyone. It's it's not. This is uh, – I believe I'm a serious – this is targeted to like uh, – look at me. I'm a serious person with serious policy goals and this is what I'm going to do on day one. Like it's, it's that sort of nonsense. There's not an actual constituency for this particular policy position. It's just the appearance of being a serious person that she's after. Isn't this uh, being tried right now in like Utah or one of those states out west where like the guy – Governor signs. I thought he signed something that was going to make it more difficult, or you have to like prove that you are a certain age, and the way to do that is by sh- giving your information. I thought is that, that was- with everything? Because I know that in like Louisiana and in Utah as well, and I think a couple of other states have passed this as well. If you want to look at porno on the internet. You yeah. have to send in your driver's license and, <laughs> and verify that that's you that's right. uh, who's, who wants to look at the porn. So I guess it, this hasn't started yet. Uh, they have a Social Media Regulation Act starting in March, M- March 1st, uh, on March 1st. Social media companies must verify the age of a Utah adult seeking to maintain or open a social media account. So how do they verify? Well, they'll you just have to get VPNs. Yeah, I mean that, that's the workaround. But like, what, like, are are adults supposed to show like their driver's license somehow, like uploaded somewhere to show that they're yeah, old yeah enough? presumably Hold it up to the screen, yeah, something like, like this. That. Yeah, and you know, ding. So once it's implemented, the reason why I bring that up is because like there's a chance that I mean it's weird that she's pushing this. Like if this kind of fell apart, like in you, like you know the the first feedback story is that it's been like a mess or people are being uh, impeded in some way and, and it's it's not popular and she's right. kind of like supporting this thing. It's just a weird thing to kind of bring up. And also like, hey, uh, uh, these companies, uh, you should show the algorithm to the public. What the hell do we – like I don't know. what You're going to show me code? Like what? <laughs> a bunch of code. It's like, oh, that right. looks about right. It's like, all right, keep it up. It's like <laughs> – Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean you can kind of get what the impact – 
the social media and the algorithm. What she's just what she's just done there is turn them into a, functionally a publicly owned utility, right? Right, because if if they have to turn over the algorithm to the federal government, if the if the internal secrets of the company are no longer secrets, like what is the value? What valuation does Facebook have if their secret sauce has to be made public? Like I don't understand even what she's talking about there. Right. Like there's, the, the, right? The I don't, the companies the companies cease to exist as as meaningful entities if all of their internal secrets have to be shared all the time. Right, that's true. As incoherent as uh, this uh, push is, uh, I no matter what somebody's saying, no matter how stupid it sounds, I always think someone is nodding right now. Someone is like, no matter how stupid a statement it is, somebody's like, yep, that's what I'm talking about, or exactly that. So there's somebody out there. Yeah, that- I'm sure that there are there are fucking moms and and sixty year old dudes in the audience who are like, yeah, back, it sure would be better if everybody wasn't uh, couldn't hide behind the. And you know what? I think she's probably right. Like I'm joking about it, but to some extent. I think people do tend to behave more civilly, uh, I suppose. But when... you couldn't have your weird penis Twitter. Uh, weird penis <laughs> nowhere would be right out. Uh... But also, I mean, the uh, Facebook kind of undercuts a lot of that. I, I always thought that too. Like, even though it's not going to prevent all bad behavior, like... But, but also, but far more to the point is that's not your fucking job. Yes. What are you talking about? Like, it's not up to, it's not up to the federal government to make sure that everybody is more civil on the right. internet. What the fuck are you talking about? You're supposed to be a conservative. Like, well, this is all beside the point. Even if I agree that with the fun, the underlying virtue that somehow life would be better if everybody uh, couldn't walk around in masks all the time uh, the way that – because I do. I do think that it is meaningful, makes the world a meaningfully worse place when people walk around uh, and can pretend to be someone that they're not. Uh, I also think that that has its place, right? I think it has a, a serves a very important function in public life uh, to have the ability to speak truth to power in a uh, in a way that's uh, anonymous and and to not have yourself uh, singled out personally in that way. Uh, but also, it's not your fucking yeah. job. Like even even if we all agree with you, like it's not up to the federal government to make sure that the world is a, a more civil Unfortunately, place. Unfortunately, that that's never like a, a winning argument for politicians. You, you're right because like. You know, but I've never heard a politician say these problems are are, are real. You know, the, the concern is there. We understand the parents, blah blah blah. But there's no role for government to play, so we're not going to do anything because it's not appropriate for government to play this role. Like that would be the right answer, but like people are like what? No, I want somebody to do something about it, and you're somebody. Do something about it. Along these lines, there was a an article in Slate last week or the week before about. This guy who put on a Mario Super Mario Brothers cosplay. He he dressed up as Super Mario, and went into Times Square as one of the big goofy Times Square yeah. mascots, like Spider Man or whatever, like to get pictures made uh, and to try to hustle tourists out of a dollar every time that you uh, you take a picture with them. Yeah, it's one of those like day in the life of a fucking New York City mascot hustler, and see if this journalist. <laughs> can pull it off it's a perfectly entertaining article i make sure that i'll make sure there's a link to it in the in the show notes but there's a line in it where he says towards the end i was actually starting to enjoy the night you'd be surprised just how insulated from shame you can feel while sheathed in an identity concealing mascot and 
my thought reading that was like, how can you say that sentence or express that sentiment after having experienced life on the internet for the last 20 years? Like it is the least surprising thing in the world that you forget about shame and decorum <laughs> when you're hiding behind total anonymity. But like maybe that- he hasn't been. I don't. I'm just on No, but just the experience of being a public semi-public person as a journalist uh on Twitter for the last 10 or 15 years, like randos with egg mm, profile pictures yeah. dump on him four times a day. I'm sure of it. Like anonymity grants a certain callousness and shamelessness to the way that we behave in the world. Uh and I think I think that Nikki Haley is right about that and also uh, uh Okay. Like, that's just part of what we have to deal with as human beings in the world. There was also, I mean, we're jumping around here a little bit. There was something that I saw about how 25% of people polled by the National Highway Safety Organization, whatever the fuck it is, uh, admit to watching video or taking video calls on their phone in the car the while driving. The drivers are doing this, not in the, the passengers? 30... The drivers are doing this. Yeah, as the driver. I mean, your family does it. Just in the last 30 days. Yeah, I know. It, it's fucking awful. Uh, and 15% of those, uh, or 15% overall, say that they do this regularly. Uh, so 25% admit to doing it in the last 30 days, and 15% admit to doing it regularly. Um, so it's real bad news, especially in light of the fact that. Multiple of these self-driving car companies are folding as we speak. Uh, Cruise is basically dispermitted from functioning where they had been functioning before. Cruise is uh, GM's attempt at figuring out self-driving technology. And then another one, uh, Ford and Volkswagens, they had been funding something called Argo, or Argo AI, which is also now shutting down as of a couple weeks ago. So at, at the same time that People are increasingly driving uh, distractedly. A lot of these self-driving car out- outfits are closing up shop because they can't figure out how to make it work. Uh, seems bad. Is driving just like a too tedious a task for some people that they want? Like, because on on my end, you know, like I like like doing the dishes or driving because it's like a very simple task. There's no like big brain thinking doing the dishes or driving, right? But it's just enough activity just for me to just kind of relax. Like, all right, I'm doing a thing, and I could just kind of like, you know, go about living. But like right. with driving, like it seems like people are seeking distraction. Like even if, if it wasn't video, like they'd be texting or some other activity. And, you know, you can kind of sense it on the road because the behavior of the people on the road, you can tell when somebody's not paying attention because they're behaving weirdly. They're not – you know, they're not – they're just not moving in the right way. They're kind of in your way, and then they, they they suddenly start driving too fast when they start paying attention. Like, but I think it seems like I don't think like video or uh, things of that like nature are solely attributable to the problem. It seems like what if it wasn't video, it'd be something else. There's like some need to be. Right, but it's particularly pernicious when it's right. video, right? Because but the, are they just kind of like this kind of? I mean, I know that you can find yourself lost in anything. You can find yourself distracted by anything. But when it's a video or a video game or something, like you're not going to be paying the correct amount of, of attention to. I mean, there there are studies that show that even 
like listening to a book on tape can allow your mind to wander in in a way that listening to music that doesn't have any lyrics uh, doesn't, for example, right? Like there are different uh, – your mind engages with things in a different way and your ability to react to stuff in real time uh, diminishes. I don't know how without some sort of massive – big brother overreach by either car insurance companies or or car manufacturers themselves like maybe if you start Sounds like we just need some big brother overreach for once yeah probably not but like humans aren't going to uh, regulate this themselves i think that's fairly obvious and there are a number of states where it's not even illegal to watch video on your phone uh, like, <laughs> that, that, that didn't fall under distracted the- driving like this they don't care. But like in Montana, there's nobody yeah. else driving. That's true. Yeah. I mean, if you live in Montana, do whatever. But like if you live in like a very populated like a lot of location. Those, yeah. But those aren't the states without the laws. It's probably just the Montana, Wyoming, North Dakota. Yeah. Do, do you think that uh, like putting the fear in people will change things? You know, they don't – I don't know. No, everybody thinks they're I don't, special. I don't know if they still show like – they don't talk about like the accidents that happen on the road. I mean, that people are still dying, but you don't see like graphic coverage of like this is what happened to this person who didn't wear their seatbelt. You know, I think it was at the Washington Post or the New York Times last week. They published like all of these graphic pictures of like shootings to kind of drive the point home. It was the Post, yeah. Maybe people just live too sanitized a, a, a life and they're not aware that. Distracted driving can lead to very terrible outcomes. They don't think they're doing it. They think that they're special brain geniuses. Like, I'm not distracted. I'm fully okay. focused on the road. My, Bob uh, texts and drives. I don't Bob text Bob fucks drive. with his phone and drives. And I'm like, hey, why don't you give that to me? And he's like, no, I got it. I don't. First of all, I do not text <laughs> and drive. Uh, you, when you're looking for a podcast and we're driving 80 miles an hour... You won't let me just look for it. I for will you. interact with the heads-up display. And it's not a heads-up display. It's not a heads-up. It's down. It's down way below the. the I'm road. not looking at my and phone. And then if you look down, it's in the dash of the of it's the in car. In the dash where the so you have the sight line of the dashboard. Sure, but and I'm the not. The roads above it. I, look. I, you are being ridiculous. It is no more or less distracting than reaching for the radio. I, 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 when you have a passenger in the car fully capable of doing it for you and you act like you're some superhuman who can look at two things at once, it's the same thing as fucking with your phone. Uh, agree to disagree on this one, I guess. Uh People imagine themselves to be exempt. Everybody thinks that they're great at multitasking. Multitasking is like a weird lie, except for a very small percentage of people. They're all wrong, but you're good at it, right? The thing is, like, even if you were the greatest driver, right, there are other... Which I am. Like, to be clear, I am a superior goddamn driver. I think that needs to be... It just needs to be said. There are other drivers who are less good at it that you have to be aware of. So, like, even if you were... Very comfortable in your driving abilities, and you should. You should be comfortable – I mean get comfortable or get competent and then become comfortable. But like there are crazy people around you. You have to kind of like anticipate what they're doing. So like that takes some attention, right? Like you you can be – Right. The number of times that I have avoided wrecks because it was some other asshole's fault is like – 
uh, it's a, a factor of a hundred right. more than the number of times that I've avoided wrecks by me being uh, the one who wasn't paying right. enough attention. Like it's it's just it's constant. People are like I'm uh, uh, just driving around town. I can I count the number of people who are very clearly either texting on their phones or otherwise distracted by their phones, and it's it's. Every single time I go out to take the boy to school or to pick up the boy from school or whatever errand I'm running, there will be multiple people. Every single time that I'm out, it's people are, are distracted by what's going I mean, on on their the, stupid uh, fucking phones. Car on car incidents are 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 remain a problem, but like at least in Atlanta, I'm sure other cities it's it's becoming like this. But uh, cars on pedestrians is like an issue. Like they're talking about like how. People oh. just don't pay attention and they don't respect. Pe- like if you're not in a car, like no respect in the city of Atlanta. You, you... There's a there's a whole YouTube channel about this. No. It's yeah, it's, it's it's called Not Just Bikes. You should subscribe, like and subscribe <laughs> to the YouTube channel that's that's not this. And and, and that's the, the other thing. Like I I see despite the the dangers uh, for pedestrians, I see pedestrians just very cavalierly behaving on the road as if like. Everybody else is paying attention. Like people in cars are not paying attention to you, but they're like, "Oh, I have the right of way, so I'm going to." Oh, it makes me. It makes it, it makes me furious when I see someone walk into a right. crosswalk without right. looking, even though they have right. the right of way. Like you've got this is a this is a fucking world where uh, we have the. Not only do you have monsters on their phones while they drive these three thousand pound monstrosities, also. All of the uh, traffic laws are written in such a way that you're yeah. fucked if yeah. you're the pedestrian. The only thing that you have going for you is this fig leaf over the danger. Is the pedestrians always right. have the right of way? It's like, ha ha! It's, it's like a fucking, it's like a cruel joke when you say pedestrians always have the right of way because all of the infrastructure is built around getting the car as fast as possible from here to over there. And Not then, just bikes and then on they, YouTube. And then they it's paint great. the. And they paint a white line in the street. It's like, yeah, uh, pedestrian, you have the right of way, you fucking idiot. If you, if you want to step out into the street and then you watch these fucking college kids, it's always the fucking youths, by the way, uh, who have uh, no men regard. Also, just walking right out into the street without even looking. It's like, look. And it's not even – I'm sorry, but like even when I'm being as responsible as I can be as a driver, if I'm going 27 miles per hour in a 25, right, which is like – that's just – I'm not speeding. I'm just driving. And I'm approaching one of like 11 fucking crosswalks, and I don't know what the person on the sidewalk who's just walking parallel or coming at me is going to do as they approach the crosswalk, and they're not going to look and check they just immediately step out into the road as i'm going 25 miles an hour right there you're fucking right. dead yeah. you moron and i didn't do anything wrong like they they wouldn't even be able to write me a goddamn right. ticket because all you did was step True. into right. fucking and traffic if, there's a podcast they talk about uh if you want to kill someone and get away with it you just gotta oh, really? hit them with your car <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, even even if uh, you were going to get a ticket, Bob, like they're still dead. Like that, that's why it didn't make sense. Like, who cares about being right? Like, just be alive and then worry about the other stuff later. Just be mindful that other people are not always paying attention on the road, and you'll be fun. 
Not only that, but like you pull up to a stoplight, I have the right. I I, I can make a right on red as long as I make sure that everything else right. is clear, right? And so what I'm doing in that process is I'm pulling up to the red light and fully stopping and then checking my right. my surroundings, right? I'm looking around. Is there a car coming this way? Is there a car turning in the other way that is going to get into my lane somehow? And then I'm looking over here and like. It's entirely plausible that you're just you're not in my line of sight when I start that turn. I almost hit someone in my blind spot once. It sucked. I didn't hit them, but I almost did. You've got to be a super defensive pedestrian, and I I don't understand how people walk around. But you know where you don't have to be as defensive is in a city. You you mean like like a city built for pedestrians, or like just any city? No, Lori is Lori is uh, rehashing an argument that we had we were this having weekend. An argument. It's just personal preference. But like in cities, not Atlanta. In yeah, like, in good yeah. cities, Chicago, Proper New cities. York. Yeah. In real cities, the you can like you said. Where were you? Montreal. Yes. Oh man, Montreal. Those those Frenchies figured it out. See. Yeah. You still don't want to step into a crosswalk without looking. No, but you, there the traffic is moving more slowly and it's more congested. So. If you get hit, you might have a broken leg, but you're not dead. And even like, I mean, like, again, I don't know if Atlanta is just like an outlier. Maybe like other cities like like Houston or L.A. where it's just like just car heavy. There's not like a public transportation, like a a primary focus. Like the, the drivers are frustrated by pedestrians just existing. Like they're they don't. Like they're aware of the laws. Like, uh, why are you? Why aren't you in your car? Like, what are you doing? At? Like, the way that they are impatient with pedestrians is like, I- I'm surprised that pedestrians don't notice that. Like, they're they're not. It's not like a friendly environment for pedestrians. They still kind of walk yeah. how they want. You should link to not just bikes in your All show. Right. You said it like four times. God damn it! I don't have to link to anything. Nobody's gonna forget that. We could quickly talk about. What I said at the top, uh, which is that earlier uh, or at the end of last week, there were stories about how Osama bin Laden's letter to America was trending on TikTok. And I don't know that I have anything to say about this because – well, that's not true. I have plenty to say about it. I don't – in the same way that I have never clicked on a Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey story in the hopes that I don't convince the algorithm to deliver me more (laughs) uh, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift information. Uh, And and despite that fact, I'm now into week four or something of my Google News feed and other uh, social feeds constantly being bombarded with these fucking stories that I refuse to click on. Uh, and maybe in part it's my fault for uh, having to Google up Taylor Swift uh, with regard to uh, the Billboard Hot 100 charts and that sort right. of thing. Um, but part of me doesn't want to engage with this story because I don't think it's real. You think it's like a- in the way, like, not that it's not real, but in the way that it represents such a vanishingly small percentage of people. That it can only be, as I uh, uh, nut picking, that it, it can't possibly be anything but, like, even if it's a thousand people, right. which it's definitely not, uh, like, it's, it's some very small number of idiots on TikTok who announced how they read Osama bin Laden's letter to America and actually 
uh, guys, you're not going to believe it, but he had some pretty good ideas and I've been lied to. It's like, this is no different than any other idiot who like reads the Howard Zinn book about uh, people's history of America and finds out that like, or, or, or finds out that like Christopher Columbus didn't sail the ocean blue in 1492 and discover America, right? Like finds out, oh, are you telling me there is, there are some bad things that Christopher Columbus did? Do I, Thomas, George Washington owned slaves? I've been lied to this whole fucking time. Like, no, you just weren't paying any goddamn attention, right? You haven't been lied to. You just weren't paying any goddamn attention. And the idea that somehow this is the first time that there have been apologists for uh, or, or, or people who are sympathetic to Osama bin Laden's uh, points here uh, in the 20 odd years since uh, 9-11 happened. That's not true either, right? Like there, there have always been people who said uh, the chicken's coming home to roost. There are people who've uh, blamed it on the gays and saying this is America's fault. There are people who say uh, Bin Laden uh, makes some good points about uh, banking and stuff. It's like, uh, who cares? Like this is just dumb kids saying dumb things on the internet, and uh, for some reason that's become a media story. Um, I, I do wonder. I think you are right. I mean, we'll see six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, if this was just a blip. And then, you know, just like most social media stories, it just kind of comes and goes. It's just like this thing that happened. Or if if it's just like a a thing where it becomes more common, uh, the the one concern I would have is like, you know, there are some people that they kind of have like a worldview, the way they see the world, like, uh, you know, like – there's the oppressor and the the people who are being oppressed. Like if you kind of think of, of the world in like black and white and like this big group can do no right and this group can do no wrong, you can have this worldview realignment thing to where you'll say, well, if this – You're giving way – first of all, I, I, I'm going to let you finish. But you're giving way too much credit to these people. These people just haven't – These the, the people on TikTok who are talking about Osama bin Laden and his fucking right. letter, they just can't read. Right. Or they don't read anyway. They didn't. They definitely didn't read the fucking letter. Uh, right. By the way, but, but that's uh, cer- certainly not more than the uh, than a little bit of it, or the Wikipedia page about it, or something. But they didn't go through with a fine tooth comb and come to the conclusion that uh, what Osama bin Laden said in the letter was meaningful to them, right? Because he's talking about. Uh, uh, you'll be converted to Islam, and then we'll have peace, right? right? Like that's what Osama bin right, Laden that, wanted. That's true. You're uh, right. I don't. I don't. I, I think you're right. I don't think they sat there and read read the whole thing or looked into it any further than just whatever came through their feed. But like, if if you like, if you subscribe to the thinking, like, okay, like Israel and Hamas, right? Like, if you are you subscribe to the worldview that. Uh, the Palestinian people are the victims in this dynamic, right? And so, like, anything that they do is within that thinking, and so, like, it's justified because they're pushing back against oppression, right? So, like, if you buy into that scheme, then you can overlook bad things that one side does because they're doing it for – because they're the victim, right? And so, like, if you take that way of thinking and apply it to Osama bin Laden, like, he can make – he can invoke the same claim, like – we are the victims of Big Bad America came to us and we want you gone. And, you know, we're taking these actions to push you back or whatever, right? Somebody right. who believed in very simplistic way, ways, like they might find that argument kind of like appealing. Like, oh, I don't agree with this other kind of like uh, 
like I don't agree with him all the other stuff like the baggage, but like he makes a good point here. Like I think people are susceptible to falling to that because they think in those terms. You shouldn't. I mean, the larger point I'm making is that you shouldn't think in those terms because you're gonna absorb a lot of bad behavior because anyone can commit atrocities. Like anybody can do harm. Like just because you label somebody a victim doesn't mean they can't do something to harm others, right? Like, so it's just the worldview is kind of simplistic, but you can fall for that and you can kind of see how that would result in people saying, well, he... Right, and, and crucially, what, what morality are we operating under in which a, a victim can't actually do anything wrong? Right. Like, in what world did that, in what make world sense, did yeah. that become the correct way of understanding uh, what is and is not good and bad behavior? Is, is everything just going to be rationalized all the way down to figuring out... Uh, who committed the original sin right. here, and then therefore any anything that followed from that uh, can't actually be counted as an immoral right. act? Like, what are we talking right. and, about? Yeah, I mean, what happens if the two wrongs don't make right? I mean, like, again, that's why I think if you think in very simple terms, you are susceptible to, like, going <laughs> – taking this weird approach about other things. On the, on the larger question here that is raised by – imagine, imagine a, a more honest grappling with – uh, critique of America, right? Uh, uh, not necessarily Osama bin Laden's, but what might be missing from, and this is something that I've struggled with basically every July 4th uh, for the last long time, is is trying to come up with a way of appreciating this country and celebrating it and being uh, patriotic in a way that is sincere without crossing over into sort of chauvinistic nationalism right. right like and i think that you could if if you wanted to point to an overriding feeling in the culture that has developed maybe since 911 maybe that it it's just coincidental with it i don't know but we used to have a sort of pleasant aloof patriotism and Maybe it was ignorant. Maybe it was uh, it, it was uninterested in grappling with uh, a lot of the underlying problems of this country and the ways that we've behaved negatively uh, in the world. Uh, to say nothing of our of our own country here, and maybe that maybe even that is just being silly. Maybe that's just like a loss of innocence thing that I'm doing. Are you there. saying that but, people aren't uh, outwardly patriotic? Now compared to 20 years ago or? Yes, I think that that well, is. Well, 9-11, yeah, changed it. I think that in the in the yeah. years that followed 9-11 to, especially to people of roughly our age, of our generation, to wear, an Amer- to, to wear the American flag became politically fraught. George W. Bush's position in the culture and then immediately after that, Barack Obama's position in the culture, it became weird. And I've always been someone who's uh, uncomfortable with expressions of patriotism. Like I don't like group identity in any sort of way, and that includes uh, uh, sort of overbearing pride in being an American. I think it's arbitrary and silly and like whatever. Um, but at the same time, I think that it is incredibly useful to be able to defend our way of life against other ways of life in a way that is uh, uh, 
sincere and speaks to the ways in which we are a force for good in the world relative to the bad guys, right? Relative, I mean, like to be able to speak against the goddamn Taliban, to be able to to stand up against Hamas and uh, and the other uh, uh, Islamic republics out there and the and the Islamic monarchies. And, and to be able to, to stand up in the face of China and Russia and all of the other fucking dirtbags in the world, North Korea, all the rest of them, the whole axis of evil. Um, we have lost, seemingly, the ability to tell a story about ourselves that is complementary of – like like in the way that Reagan was able to do it. And I'm not saying that somehow things were better when Ronald Reagan get up and get – uh, 50, 40, 49 states and talk about the shining city on the hill and everybody was fucking stupid and jingoistic and, and awful Americans. But like we have lost entirely, it seems to me, the ability to tell a, a cohesive story about uh, what makes this country great and what makes it exceptional, not necessarily exceptional of all of, uh, relative to all of the countries on the planet, but except, exceptional relative to places that are not representative democracies. Right. And, and I, I wonder, like, as if I've always found nationalism to be inherently chauvinistic, if I, because I've always found patriotism to have with it an amount of chauvinism that I was uncomfortable with, that I did not feel comfortable expressing. Is there a, a, a way to get back to a balance of uh, pride in what it is that you're tr- attempting to do as a people? Or or is it just like – and I apologize for rambling and not being able to uh, form this correctly. Is it possible that everything we are constantly consumed with in this culture – is simply the natural and maybe even inevitable consequence of who we are as a pluralistic society, the melting pot or the uh, tossed salad or, or whatever the metaphor is that you want to go with. Tossed salad. Is it, the, is, it the, <laughs> is it the cost of doing business where business is a regulated multicultural marketplace of economic growth and individual freedom to more or less do what you want to do? Is this is is the cost of that the unseemingly intractable culture war, right? Like in the in the postmodern moment that we all live in, where we have the academia and the media are in constant in the constant process of denigrating and tearing down. It seems like in certain ways, right? Like the the, the conversation on race is a project of like the sixteen nineteen project in it. Whether you think that this is the point of the project or not, the way that uh, real America has taken the 1619 project is that it was a, a project designed to denigrate and tear down the foundations or, or, the, or the things that we would use to point to that we would be proud of as a culture, right. right? Could it be any other way besides the way that it is? Your answer in this, I think, is is almost like, and the reason that that that's the thought that's in my head is because when we're talking about the Israel uh, Palestine co- conflict, it's like you have to deal with the world as right. it is, right? It's silly to imagine that things could be radically different from the way that they are, because that's simply not the world that we're right. living in. So the question is, if the if if America, the way that it is now in this in this awful culture war. Is is an inevitability, right? That the, the that we will just have these two 
sort of seemingly warring sides of uh, uh, jingoists on the one hand and and postmodern critics on the other hand, who at their core seemingly aren't certain that institutions like the nation state should exist or can morally exist. And then we have the 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 vast middle, this whatever it is, the 60 to 80 percent who simply aren't involved, right? They're just going about their days. That is the 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 Eisenhower's formulation of the military-industrial complex is what's operating underneath the sort of everything. That's what that's what keeps pushing everything forward. To some extent, the American the American economic complex pushes us us forward. Sixty to eighty percent of the people don't even recognize it. Right? We're all just here. We're in the churn. We're all just part of the machine. And then we have these two warring sides on either end. Uh, and maybe they don't fucking matter. Maybe they don't matter at all. And maybe the way that it is is simply the way that it has to be. Then the question becomes: Is that sustainable? Is this mode of cultural expression sustainable, or do we need? Uh, a Joe Biden-like figure, like that was the promise of Joe Biden, is we're going to get back to normal order here. Well, it didn't work, right? And if Joe Biden couldn't do it, then who is going to get us back to normal order? It doesn't appear that we're in any position to get back to uh, normal order uh, in, a, in a Bill Clinton sort of way, like in a, in a Bill Clinton, Ronald Reagan, fucking let's just be Americans. We're proud to be Americans. We're all going to eat our fucking McDonald's. We're going to go to the movies and we're going to do the America thing. And uh, we will continue to be the magnet for people who want to improve their lot in life the world right. over, right? People will constantly be wanting to come here. It is the thing that makes us great is that we sort of suck up all of the most ambitious and dispossessed people of the entire goddamn right. planet who just want to make a place for themselves and their family that's better than than the way that they currently conceive of, of their limitations wherever they are. Your family is a, a terrific first-generation example of it. You have to go back four, five, six generations where, to, to find the people in my family who did it. But it was the same fucking right. thing when they were coming from England or they are coming from Italy, they were coming from Germany. That's what they were uh, – Lori's family coming from Spain. They were coming here to try uh, to – Also Russia. And Russia. Yeah, sure. Everywhere. Bolshevik. That is the great American engine uh, has continued to work uh, largely unimpeded for the last 150 fucking years, and especially since uh, uh, the end of World War II. Are we just sort of doomed to have the very stupid conversation about it as the machine continues to churn regardless? Uh, is, is that a sustainable model? Or do we have to somehow get back to a much more aloof patriotism, the sort of patriotism that I could sneer at and I, I could be like, ah, you fucking goobers. And I could buy my uh, United States of America flag bathing suit and, and uh, be a corny motherfucker who puts that on as a, as a, as a supposed joke. Uh, how do we get back to that, or is that just gone forever? And I've now talked for an extended period of time, and I'll allow you to say words. <laughs> and ask a handful of questions. So, uh, I, you know, I, I do think that uh, at least right now there isn't the willingness to 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 meet in that middle, like you said. Like, you know, one of the benefits of a Biden candidacy was that maybe he could kind of serve that role, and and he didn't. And I think, yeah, that is true. Uh, but it seems like there's a uh, there's not a willingness to, 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 to get there. Like, it seems like both, not to do a both sides thing, but both sides do patriotism wrong, but in different ways, right? Like, so the right kind of like wants 
patriotism unexamined, aloofness, like just like rah, 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 love it or leave it, greatest thing ever, blah, blah, blah. And then the left wants to do like this, like, you know, if the conservatives are minimizing any sort of past, like uh, hiccups that America has uh, uh, participated in, uh, the left wants to magnify them, right? To the point where it's like, it's no longer patriotism, right? Like you're just being like, you know, critically to the extreme, all the things. And it, and, and right, it just feels like a religious project of of like I don't even know. It it feels to me like a religious project of of trying to demean that thing that everybody else is so happy right. about, right? And like, where does that get you? Like, I don't know where it gets you, uh, except except in conversation with people who who don't care for you. And maybe that's right. the point. And, and and you know, also like maybe people identify America. Or what they think of America is, are, are two different things, you know. Like, because I said, you know, the, the left magnifies the the negative aspects of America, uh, but they do that for certain things. You know, the right does the magnifying the negatives, like look what's going on in Chicago. Like, they don't identify with Chicago, or like if that's a shorthand for like big cities, or like people that don't look like you, or, or whatever. Like, there are aspects of America that's fair game to criticize, but they're different things on both sides. And so, like, there seems to be like maybe maybe patriotism only works uncomplicated you know maybe just you know when the flag is whatever just like sing the song and when the planes come over your stadium like oh shit look at that and 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 go about your like that is not like the platform for criticism right it seems like maybe that's the only thing that will work because the other way doesn't seem to work right and so like maybe just keep it uncomplicated for the time being to get people to be like to identify as one and then you can go about fixing the other problems. But like, there seems to be some sort of schism there where people see things differently when it comes to what it means to be American. And along the same lines of like, is this just the cost of doing business? When we accept the number of immigrants that we uh, have accepted in the last 150 years, and, and that will be an ongoing project as well, and we have an increasing amount of diversity in every imaginable way basically uh that's good i think that that it's not good in and of itself there's not i i I don't believe necessarily that there's an inherent power to the correct uh spectrum of human skin color uh being collected in any one place that's true but the the advantage uh though is that the system you know i always think like you know america and like other western countries are like software countries and other places are like hardware countries right so like if you have like a software, like you, the American system is a, it's a belief. You believe in America and you're also in America and you live in America and do whatever. But like you have the flexibility to adjust immigration and absorb people into the whole. Whereas like let's say Japan is more of a closed off place, right? So like they're not letting in a large number of immigrants who may solve their labor issues, right? But the way that their society is set up is very hardware based, like J- Japanese, uh, not to pick on Japan, but like that's a good example where they're not just gonna right. The cost of the cost of doing business like that in Japan is that you have an aging population right. Right. that is not fast on its feet, that has no meaningful 
right? I mean, they, sure, they produce things. They're able to – they have a strong – but relative to the United the, – the strength of the Japanese economy is is paltry relative to the United States. And it's, it's fine that that's part of the cost of doing business for them, right? They, that is the, the society that they've built by isolating themselves in that way. Right, but they, they, they lack the, the resiliency. Like, you know, if you're able to plug and play, like you have more outs. Like if America had a similar aging population issue, they can't ramp up the immigration – put them into the working pipeline and, you know, make the whole thing stable, right? Like if you don't have that, then – so I guess I'm saying in that sense it's a strength, but it's not a strength in of, of itself. Like it's not just like in a vacuum it means anything that you're more diverse or less diverse. But like in other ways it could be a benefit to where you're like you have that out. You can bring more people in and people can make a go of things. Right. As it relates back to the – bin laden on tiktok stuff it's just i know like let's assume instead of what i said at the top which is that this is a completely meaningless subset of individuals who uh are the absolute nuts of the bunch and that uh, don't fucking matter because of how few of them there are assuming that the that this is a more meaningful uh collection of people who is not who are not able to tell a story about this country that allows them to defend it right i don't i don't have that problem um i think that i can tell a story about this country that allows me to defend it and i think that that matters at least to the extent that well it, it matters that to have perspective right because if you're like swayed by just some stupid thing that you saw on like you you, you lack that's exactly knowledge, right that's the if you're uh, that's where i was trying to go Fucking eventually TikTok. it's no it, it's because they're as I said to you when you texted me about this story, if your mind is that fucking empty, it will be filled with uh, whatever passing thing happens to pass right. through it. And and these people don't believe in anything. And that, like, that's sort of my – I guess that's sort of the, the fundamental here, which is like if, if you cannot tell yourself a story about this country that makes it worth defending, if there's nothing there, then you'll believe anything, right? right? And you'll, you'll believe the absolute worst things. And it, and it does ultimately leave you in a situation where you're shrugging like Donald Trump when asked about uh, Vladimir Putin in 2017. He's like, oh, you think you're so, you, you think we're so innocent? Like, because it was it Bill O'Reilly, I think, who was interviewing him. He's like, uh, you know, Putin's a killer. He, right. he kills journalists. He throws people out of windows. Right. He's a killer. And Trump's response to that is oh you think we're so innocent so yeah well relatively speaking yes actually i do think it matters that uh when people talk about uh israel's uh uh hardcore right-wing government uh and the fact that the the far hard right in israel wants to institute the the death penalty right now for terrorism uh, that's bad but also uh, they've had elections many, many times since 2006, and Hamas has not had any elections since 2006. Right. They have no interest in going before uh, the people who installed them into office and asking if they should be re-upped in power. Uh, like, it matters to me, even if you have a corrupt election system, that you pretend to have the elections right. at the very least, right? Like paying lip service to the ideal, being a hypocrite uh, in the face of your own failures is relatively fine rather than the deployment of absolute power, right? right? Like, like that, that, is, that is to my preference. And that, those are the sorts of things that I think are worth defending and a story that you can tell about a culture that is worth defending. Right. All right, let's play the uh, Billboard Hot 100 game. 
Welcome to Billboard Hot 100 Game on the Cast Iron Brains Radio Network. This week, we'll take a listen to one of the most popular songs in America and see how it stacks up against a correspondingly popular song from some time between the magical years of 1983 and 2012, as our old and out-of-touch hosts desperately grasp for proof that some things really were better back in the day. So let's roll those dice to find out just where and when on the Billboard Hot 100 chart we're going today. Okay. <laughs> Did you? I don't know how many times you could have gone to the Salvation Army and back while you made that. But it's it's more than zero. It took less time than you would guess, in part because I stole the theme song from America's Top 40 with Casey Kasem. Uh, oh, is I, that know. From? I knew Casey Kasem was going to be involved. Yeah. <laughs> but but I'm still mad at you. I used to love the shit out of listening to that uh, program on the radio, America's Top 40. You remember that, Lori? I, Did you ever listen to it? No, I didn't listen to fucking Top 40 music. Ew. Uh. What about you, Abe? You ever listened to Casey Kasem? I've listened to those top whatever show uh, on Sunday. I think they would have a thing like on ninety four point. Yeah, you know, I, I, I used yes. to listen to a lot of. Uh, uh, it was a it was a a Sunday show where I was as well, yeah. and you could listen to it. Yeah, I remember that. It was important to me to find out what the number one song was going to be. Anyway, uh, let's uh, let's roll the dice here. As everyone knows, we are uh, going to find. A song between uh, 1983 and 2012, uh, and compare it with a song on this week's Top 100 to find out uh, just what the hell went wrong. I have uh, now rolled the dice. We're going to number 66 on the Billboard Hot 100, and the year will be uh, 22, which now I must consult my chart. Is that 05, or what are we doing? Let's see. Twenty-two takes us to two thousand four. Amazing! That was great math, Abe. <laughs> Let's pull up the Billboard Hot 100 for this week. Uh, number one this week on the Billboard Hot 100 is Taylor Swift. Cruel summer. A lot of her songs, however, have uh, fallen off. She dominated the top forty last week, but she is uh, not quite as dominant. So this week. So wait, sixty six is Taylor Swift or somebody else? No, no, no. That was number no, one. Just okay. Saying number okay. one. I was just saying, noting what number one was. All right, fans of uh, me trying to pronounce things that I am yeah. not familiar with will appreciate uh, this entry. Number sixty six this week is a song called Q Lona. Q L O N A is the song title. The artist is Carol G and Peso Pluma. Carol G, so I think be. I saw her at uh, Coachella. I didn't know oh, who yeah? she was, right. but like other people knew who I she was. You're so tapped in. <laughs> I mean, I would not tap in. I'm like, who is this and why is everyone wearing all these weird colors? Ayer te vi solita, esa carita bonita. Videos of a scantily clad animation. 
But it's just, it's less off-putting when you can't understand it. This song has 113 million views. I know. This is fine. I would, like, I'd rather this than a lot of things. All right. I think I got the flavor there. It's a little racist. That's not racist. That's not fair. That's, that's not fair at all. Okay. Billboard Hot 100 for uh, third week in November of the year. What did I say? 2004. It could be real bad. 2004 was was not great. We could be looking at like Crazy Town or something. I believe is a possibility. Was Three Doors Down big back then? Or they? Bob loves Three Doors Down. Careful. That's that's not true. (laughs) Your Pandora customized playlist says otherwise. This is for the week of, yeah, we're going to go with the the week that includes Thanksgiving, just to keep yeah. things uh, keep things even here. So that fourth, would be the fourth week. The fourth week, and that is uh, starting on Sunday, the twenty first of two thousand four, November. Uh, the number one song in the country was My Boo by Usher and Alicia oh, Keys. Yeah. Usher. It could mean the yeah. Super Bowl halftime show. That uh, was uh, Beauty School for me. That was on the radio a lot. It's a Beauty song School. I can still, I could play in my head right now. Uh, yep, me too. At least the, you know, the chorus. I was just talking about Usher. Uh, We've got Drop It Like It's Hot in the top 10. <laughs> We've got... Oh, some Maroon 5 there in the it. top 20. Uh, Lil Wayne and Eminem. Let's see here. Okay. Still scrolling. Some LL Cool J there. U2's Vertigo at number 31. Um, sort of mid, mid-level mid U2 song at best, I would say. Hello. All right, scrolling down to number 66. Anticipation is building. Yeah, so is the... Clock. Number 66 is You Make Me Wanna by Jada Kiss featuring Mariah Carey. Oh. Okay. That song is familiar to me. This is better than the. I mean, Q it's in Lona. English. It's not a fair, fair competition. I don't know what they were saying. No, there. it's not why. <laughs> I was just got done trying to not be chauvinistic about our uh, goddamn patriotism here, Abe. And it's you're just saying English thing. is automatically better. I'm not making a judgment. Uh, okay. I don't speak Spanish. If I'm gonna justify why I like this more, it's because I don't want it on in the background at work, because it's like something I'd rather listen to. Not at work. Like, I, this is fine. This is, uh, the video is very amusingly late 90s, early 2000s, like, rapper opulence nonsense. This video's most replayed moment is the last 10 seconds, and I'm going to assume it's because Mariah Carey finally shows up. Because she's not yet shown up here. I'm going to skip to that. No. Yep, that's Mariah. Good guess by me. 
when you say Yeah, this is better. Catchy. Mariah, that's too that's too high. That's too much. You went you went too high, Mariah. Done with that. I think I think I lean towards uh, 2004 yeah. in this case. It's a it's not a hard lean, but it's a lean nonetheless. You could probably do something like this with uh, you know how uh, people always think that SNL was much better in the past, but like I think they're thinking of like the best of in the past compared to like yes. every skit. This, this is the point of the game. Yeah, but that was better, and I don't know it. I'm not having nostalgia. Right. Like that was. That was good. That but was it, catchy. So you, you, you listen so, to it again. So I guess with uh, the the Spanish songs, you you just kind of because you're not really like listening to the lyrics of either. But like at least I know what they're saying in one of them. Like I, I still do think that that matters. Like the other one, <laughs> they may be saying something. Maybe they have their own. I don't know. They could be saying something very offensive <laughs> to me, and I wouldn't even know. <laughs> I mean, if there's a bias, it's that whatever kind of music. It is. That's the yeah. Spanish one. Because I don't know that kind of music, it all sounds the same. Yes. Where like that 2000s R&B rap sound is a sound that I know. Right. So even though I don't know that song, it triggers a sensibility that I'm familiar with. And I like it. Yeah. All right, Abe. We're not done with our segments yet. We still got one to go. And you know what that means. That means it's time. <laughs> For some Strasbourg. It's now time for America's favorite game show. Did Mark Strassman, CBS News' senior national correspondent, get off a good one? And especially Senator Ted Cruz. He left with his family for tropical Mexico and was whacked like a piñata. Strassman gets off a good one. Victims died of hypothermia in bedrooms and backyards. Texans shivered and boiled all at once. Ooh, sorry, Mark. Try again next time. In tonight's Eye on America, CBS's Mark Strassman reports on a training program that restores both land and labor. In West Virginia's haulers, deep in Appalachia, jobless coal miners now find a seam of hope. I didn't wasn't 100% sure what I was going to do. A mine laid off in the James Dameron two years potentially ago. very I didn't know fertile I didn't ground want to go back in the deep for mines. a good one. Instead, Dameron found Coalfield Development and its incoming CEO, Jacob Israel Hanna. Hope is only as good as what it means to put food on the table. The program's a community-based nonprofit, teaching a dozen job skills and personal ones. Construction agriculture, solar installation. They're going through this process here. for the Someone can get paid up to three years to learn all of them. That's a good deal. We want to make sure that you have all the tools in your toolkit to know when you do interview with an employer, here's the things that you lay out that you've learned. It's working. Training more than 2,500 people, creating 800 new jobs and 72 new businesses. I want to interrupt you real quick. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure that he's selling this in the best possible light. <laughs> If they've, if they've trained 2,500 people. Yeah, what's going on with the math? Uh, maybe he's talking about they've there have been 800 new jobs. He's not referring to, like, total job placements. Right. But, so, but like, like, they filled 
existing Hopefully jobs. The plus- other like 1700 or whatever the remainder is there uh, sure. found job placements in some way. Right. A program delivering with roughly $20 million in federal grants. Instead of waiting around for something to happen, we're trying to generate our own hope. This isn't pie in the sky. This is nitty-gritty. Meeting real needs where they're at. Stephen Spry is a grad. He's helping reclaim an abandoned strip mine, turning throwaway land into lush land. Now I've kind of got a career out of just, I can weld, I can farm, I can run excavators. You can always find a, a job doing something. Yeah, absolutely. With a program, James Dameron now works only above ground. That was a big part of my identity, was being a coal miner. And even that, uh, I kind of had to find myself again, I guess. And now you have. Absolutely have. Appalachia is mining something new. Options. For I on America, Mark Strassman, Mingo County, West Virginia. Abe did Mark Strassman, <laughs> CBS News' senior national news correspondent, get off a good one. No, no, but I did enjoy that segment. Ooh, sorry, Mark. Try again next time. Oh, that's a shame. I kind of liked it. The, uh, Mining I, I something do, new? Options? But the, uh, I don't know if it's just a coal mine kind of thing, but, like, there's an identity with certain jobs that don't exist. Like, I find foreign. Like, I don't identify my job. Like, like I don't really do no. much, but, like, it, it's weird that, Imagine, imagine Donald Trump comes into office in 2025. Yeah. Actually, it wouldn't even be like Trump's not the best example, but like uh, one of these dopes who's like, we're just going to, there won't be an IRS anymore. We're done with the IRS. Uh, Who am I? And Abe, Abe is laid off. He's got to get that last check. He's just yeah. wandering the streets. He goes to talk to Mark Strassman, who's a, a local down there in Atlanta. That's right. Yeah. It's Just don't know who thing. I am anymore. There are Mark? a lot of st- hairstylists who strongly identify with being a hairstylist. Like okay, so like yeah, most. I guess certain positions are. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a skilled, it's a skilled trade thing. Right. Yeah, I think yeah, if you do actually something, because I don't. Yeah, that's true. I'm just pushing paper around. You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. Find the show on Facebook. Nah, don't do that. Find the show on the website, brainiron.com, castironbrains.com for a show note. Head on over to uh, tetramermusic.com, T-E-T-R-A-M-E-R music.com for more from Mark Gillig. That's the fellow who wrote our opening and closing themes, Abe, in November of 2004. The top releases at the box office were The Incredibles, National Treasure, The Polar Express, The SpongeBob SquarePants Movie, Christmas with the Cranks, Finding Neverland. Man, some some good ones yeah, there in Finding November. Finding Neverland was so good. Of 2004. What yeah, did a- you go see at the movies here in uh, November of 2023? I did not go see anything good. I went to go watch uh, the Hunger Games prequel. Oh, so, Jesus. You know, like, okay. 10 years ago, 12 years ago, there was the original. This was mm-hmm. like when those goofy movies were out, like the Hunger Games and like uh, Divergent. There was like a bunch of movies were. Just- yeah, the, the young adult dystopian. Yeah, the, the Hunger yeah. Games was the good one. So Yeah, hung- I, I guess I think it. I did not see they did like a two-parter like for the third one. I didn't see that. I don't think Uh, that I ever saw any of the movies all the way through. I think I caught some pieces of them on cable at some point, but I never bothered. I read those books. Those books 
are consumable in a way that very little else is consumable. Uh, uh, yeah. Like, they are just... I, put, I finished the second book and was like, I'm not going to start the third one tonight. And then I, like, turned the TV on and was like, nope, I'm going to start the third one tonight. Like... <laughs> They're they're very badly written. Like they're I, for they children. get they get no endorsement children. whatsoever. They are very bad books that are they're like the Harry Potter books on fucking steroids. Like take whatever artistry you think J.K. Rowling brings to the table and uh, and tear it out, <laughs> get rid of it, and instead just fill it with Doritos. Uh, that's what the Hunger Games <laughs> no, books are. No, it's fattier than Doritos. It's better. I don't know about that. Uh, this uh, for those some like reason, so spiral Fritos. Those spiral, those honey chili Fritos. That's what it is. Okay, so like I uh, apparently this uh, author they wrote another book and it was like uh, let's set it like sixty years in the past when the evil Donald Sutherland character was young, mm-hmm. uh, and like there was some sort of like love interest. It was almost kind of like uh, the one that got away, and now I'm just gonna just be an asshole the rest of my life. You know, like it was kind of like uh, doing an origin story on like Saddam Hussein or something. When he was right. young, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's very weird. I was like, why are we, like, I think the actor who got that part uh, maybe was slim picking. I didn't think it was like the right fit. Like he didn't, he lacked something to be like both I'm figuring my way out and I'm also like evil because like there was like a scene where he, I guess the, he had to sell the fact that like he, he killed somebody in self-defense, but he was like into it. Like right. to kind of like signal that this guy's got like some sociopathy or something, but like, like the way uh, he sold it was kind of weird. Daenerys Targaryen there, yeah, S- something along those lines. But basically, it was like th- the character just kind of was like dead weight, and, and like I don't know. At the end, like everything was going well, and he became paranoid, and then he's like, I was like, all right, I guess he sixty years later he becomes like the evil guy, but it was not again good. Yeah. Why uh, Why did you go see this movie? I was like, oh, I want to see – I'm not, I'm not going to read the book. So I was like, let me see what uh, – because it didn't make – like why – there's no runway there, right? I mean, okay, so let's say this was – I don't think it did that great. I mean, it did better than the Marvels, but like it wasn't like a, a spectacular success at the box office. So I was like, best case scenario, this does well. There's no wiggle room. What are we going to go to when he's like in his 40s before he's like Donald Sutherland? Like what is I'm the not- next – I'm not <laughs> I like that you're critiquing the potential for sequels yes. to this garbage piece of shit studio uh, otherwise thing why 10 years removed that has go back to this no world. reason to exist whatsoever beyond the hopes that they can make some money there at the at the studio uh, I don't I'm not big on like uh, condemning people for voting with their dollars in certain ways uh, and I know that you as an A-list member of the of the AMC, like it's not exactly like you're plunking down seventeen dollars or but, what have you. But I'm to, showing up. You are showing up. You are a, a head in the head count. AMC has some sort of way of accounting for you and telling the studio that this guy was here. I don't know if they have to pay. Uh, like I don't know with the arrangement. I don't know the yeah. the, the underlying uh, economic fundamentals to the the movie subscription service and that relationship with uh, how the how the theater has to pay for your ticket. I don't know. Uh, and again, right. 
not somebody who makes a big deal about uh, the the moral implications of one's dollar and and where it goes down the line. But uh, has it occurred to you, as especially in the last twelve to eighteen months, as it just seems like movies fucking suck. Like overwhelmingly, the movies are bad that you go and see, at least as you report them to us. Yes. Are you signaling uh, just by showing up your approval uh, <laughs> with the system at large that continues to produce fucking garbage? Like in the same way that people are like, ah, I'm not going to vote because I disagree with the system. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck you. Yeah, right. vote, you stupid piece of shit. I know yeah. it's not ideal, but uh, sometimes you got to eat a shit sandwich when you're a grown-up because eating shit sandwiches, it's what goddamn grown-ups do. Uh, uh, why do you keep eating the shit sandwich at right. the at the movie theater, Abe? Eh? So, rather, again, I, I'm going to argue so, with know, myself. It's a cheap form of entertainment. What are you, $20 right. a month or something? What else is he supposed to do? Right. right. Also, uh, you know, I... Uh, I'm not like a like what I, I love movies obviously, uh, and I'm always like at the very least it can be entertaining. I always kind of I don't look at the Rotten Tomatoes before I go in. I don't want to be contaminated with that information or any other indicator. Yeah. <laughs> really, might have ruined I, your experience this week with, uh, with <laughs> this fucking movie. Because right. who knows? What if it was like an actually good what movie? What if like, you could you show up to the movie theater and just say like? blindfold me and put me in a movie theater. Yeah. I've got the A-list here. You choose. You like, choose. Yeah. That's what I want to do at restaurants. Like, I just, just make me something. I don't yeah. care. Just make it. Whatever you want me to have, I'll have it. Like, that would be a cool thing if you That'd could, be good. like, hit random and make sure it's not one you've seen before. Right. Right. And just, like, you're in the audience and the movie's going to happen. That's actually sort of the context in which I saw Kill Bill, which was amazing. No kidding! No kidding! I, th- I think the only movie that I went in not knowing what it was was Gladiator. Because like my brother, let's go see this movie when it first came out, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" Like, and and it was like, opposite. I mean, it, yeah, it's entertaining. Uh, but like, usually <laughs> I'll know what the hell I'm gonna watch. It's like, hey, I want to go see that movie. It's like three hours long. It'll be great. Yeah, this one was three hours long too. No, it was like two and a half hours. But like, okay. I don't know. It was like it was a movie. It was like a packed, packed house. There was a nice yeah. teenager fight uh, beforehand, and all these little kids were just. I was, I was glad that no one brought out their guns. It was like a old school just let's just punch each other. A fucking teen great. brawl at the, yeah, at the like Hunger Games sort of, movie. How, well, appro- how, Games. how thematically appropriate. <laughs> and it was all the girls that were fighting. The guys were just like, let's break yeah. it up. You know, it was a very weird uh, environment. Bitches be. So I guess the answer to my question is that you don't believe there's any you're not you're not sanctioning uh, Hollywood's right. ongoing depravity and and degradation. What is it though? Those people uh, on uh, that Twitter uh, app uh, used to say were like uh, like retweets do, d- didn't confer anything like other than just <laughs> right. Right? So retweets like my, are not an endorsement. Yeah. Right. So that's yeah. M- yeah my my participation in watching a movie does not mean anything other than I have a membership and right. I wanted to go see it. Uh, most yeah. of the movies that I do go see are not good. Uh, well, that's good. What do we got this week? We got uh, the new the new Ridley Napoleon Scott. Napoleon in right? English, yeah. You, you've got Napoleon. Napoleon. And what else? I just call it Napoleon in English because the movie is in English. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how you people enjoy watching Joaquin Phoenix do anything. 
Oh, he's great. What about from Signs he's and then awful. other things? He was nice I, in Signs. I That's didn't see it. the one where he was like fucking Everything a computer. Else. I didn't see that. But uh, he was good in the Joker. First of all, you need to see her. Her is terrific. No, it's there good. He's, I'll watch he's the Hunger Games prequel, but not that. Off-putting. Why will you not watch her? Her is made by Spike Jones. It's it is really good. It's fucking spectacular. It doesn't matter. The, the, my standard is what's it about and who's in it? Like, it's not who wrote it. The, the wrote it, I can live with that or who directed Joaquin it. Joaquin Phoenix is in it. You like him. I'm a big fan of it. He's got the, like a facial. Uh, well, he's you know? in it. Great. You should go. You see won't it. watch her because it's about fucking because, a robot. Yeah. that's that's your standard. No, hey, yes. robots are good. It's a good. It's a good one. Everybody it's said a it's good. Robots are good I'm movie. <laughs> Some people might take it the wrong way, but it's a robots are good movie. I think well, you should good. watch. I just just the when I read about it, I was like, no, 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 no. I see a lot of garbage movies in my life, and I'm not going to watch even if it's the no, greatest it's, movie it's ever. Fine. I'm not going to watch that. It's a very good movie. You should see it. That's bad. You have a, you've made a bad decision here. I'm going to call your AMC and tell them to put Joaquin, it on. Joaquin is great. Lori's wrong about Joaquin. I, no, uh-huh. I didn't. He's just incredibly unfun and unpleasant to watch do acting. Like it's, I want it to not be happening. I want it, I want someone else to be here. I want... Not this guy. I disagree. You can't disagree with my opinion for myself. Do you? You have? You must have uh, an actor that's like that. Like someone. Ah, I don't know why people like that person. I just want to see them on screen. Just I've always that. hated Julia Roberts uh, in that fashion to some extent. I suppose I've never understood her popularity and don't don't care for her. Um, who else don't I like? of people you don't like there's a lot of people i don't like so like give me one joaquin phoenix like, and half silly and murphy ben ben affleck in you a liked him in, a, in batman yeah, yeah no i like ben affleck i don't like him in a period piece like seeing ben affleck in any other shakespeare in love right in any situation in which he's not a modern dude i'm, I'm sure i've said this before he's got a face of a 1990s dude and it doesn't matter what stupid costume you put on him or or what words he's trying to say he's still gonna sound like a dude from the 1990s to me and so anytime he's in a in a a period piece it doesn't work uh whatsoever for me uh that's one uh what did we do we watched indiana Indiana jones Jones. and the last crusade with the children which is uh so good i can't decide what is my favorite and like I think arguably Raiders of the Lost Ark is a more important film and a and a better Spielberg movie as a in an objective sort of way. But I think that The Last Crusade is so probably my good. favorite out of all of the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, it's just the most fun. And when I was a kid, it was definitely my favorite of the bunch, and it and it still is. It is the the nearest and dearest to my heart. Uh, great movie. And then uh, the kids watched fucking Spy Kids 2 on uh, Netflix the night before that. Uh, It's like very slightly better than it absolutely needs to be, but only just. Um, And like like early 2000s cheap CGI from Robert Rodriguez is very off-putting. Like it just looks cartoonish and stupid. 
and they thought it was the future. And I suppose in many ways it very much was the future where nothing that happens in that, that Hunger Games movie that you watched this weekend yeah. is actually happening, right? right. It's all it's all. It looked happen- it, by the way. It looked like bad CGI. Right. Uh, like Robert Rodriguez, when he did it in Sin City – it looked fucking spectacular because oh, it it's so good. Let's stylized. Go watch, let's watch that. Uh, so like Sin City and even 3000, which was the f- 300? similar. Or 300, right? Not 3000. 3000 Mis- Mr. 3000 impressive. was a Bernie Mac baseball That's movie. That's right. Uh, <laughs> three, 300 and Sin City, like when it's highly stylized and looks like a fucking comic book and uh, like that works. But. For whatever reason, when it's Spy Kids, it's just very off-putting to me. Robert didn't Rodriguez? He do, didn't he do a twofer with uh, Quentin? Yeah, he did uh, the the Quentin Tarantino yeah. Death Proof and yeah. Grindhouse movies. Um, oh, from Dusk Till Dawn is him and Desperado. Yeah, but that's not what I'm thinking of. Uh, let's see. What can I recommend from the non-content mall? I read a book uh, a couple months ago called... The fifteen, the first fifteen lives of Harry August, uh, which is by someone named Claire North, I think. Let me double check that. Yes, Claire North. It's the a pseudonym of uh, someone whose actual name is Catherine Webb. I don't know why Catherine Webb seems like a perfectly acceptable name. Right. Catherine, she just didn't want her name broadcast all over the place, uh, Bob. Yeah, I understand that. Claire North, uh, the first fifteen lives of Harry August. Uh, this is a a book about someone who is born and uh, lives a, a full life and then dies and then finds himself. Uh, born again as himself, only this time aware that he has lived a uh, lived this life before, and this is a sort of mini genre unto itself. This sort of Groundhog Day uh, genre. There was a book that I read. the The reason that I came upon this book is because I was thinking of a book that I read when I was a child called Replay, and. This was a book about a guy who keeps reliving his life over and over again. And I wanted to reread that book because I hadn't read it since I was a child and I had only fond memories of it. And so I went back and I reread Replay and found myself moved in parts but largely frustrated by it. Uh, Not a great book. A perfectly fine, good book, but not a great book. And then I saw in my uh, recommendations this book, The First 15 Lives of Harry August. And this is uh, a much better book than than Replay, ultimately. And definitely worth checking out if you like sort of highly propelled stories that have some philosophical asides and uh, want to ask big questions but are also uh, very concerned with telling interesting stories. And I, 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 would, I would recommend that, The First 15 Lives of Harry August, which is, of course, available at Amazon, among uh, many other places wherever you get uh, books these days. I started watching Letterkenny on oh. Hulu. How do you like it's it? It's funny. I really I've seen like it. First two episodes, yeah, it's pretty. From what I've seen, it's pretty funny. It's like if the Canadians watched the Canadian parts of South Park, and they were like, <laughs> "Oh, let's just do a whole show <laughs> about about that." Yeah, and it's it's like crass but sweet. Yeah, 
Abe, it's uh, Thanksgiving week. What are you? Uh, any big plans for the the holiday? Doing a friendsgiving somewhere? Yeah. So y- y- usually with Thanksgiving, we'll either or we'll do a family thing and then like a friends thing. Uh, sometimes just the friends thing. Sometimes just the family thing. This year, just the friends thing. Um, we're doing something for my mom when she comes back from her travels uh, in like early December. So we'll is just... she is she in Somalia right now? Yeah, yeah, she's in Somalia. She'll be back somewhere sometime in December, early. Uh, so we'll we're gonna get together anyways. Then so we're like you know we're not tied to Thanksgiving. Let's just do it then. Right. And so yeah, just friends uh, hanging around on Thursday. I work on Friday. I'm the volunteer to be available nice. in case something happens. Oh wow. I'm going to get uh, a lot of work done that day, huh? <laughs> no. But in case something happens. And then uh, off to Maybe somewhere. Maybe you can catch up on, on CBS State. this morning on Friday. You can plow right. through a couple of weeks worth of that. Not a bad idea. Yeah. And then you're off to uh, one of one the Carolinas, right? State or, yeah, one of the Carolinas, yeah, for the weekend. Cool. Well, we'll be in. Uh, we'll be more or less local. We're going to my mother's, about forty-five minutes away. Uh, a number of the siblings are coming, though. Though certainly all not all of them. All the ones that live on the East Coast. Oh, nice. Your mom's children right. that live on the East Coast. Yeah. In the proper time zone. That'll be a good time. Abe, what are you thankful for, Abe? You have to. Uh, you have to answer the question. I'm uh, alive, of sound mind and and uh, body. Can't complain. See, those Africans, they know how to do this. Good answer. Abe, uh, have you got anything else for us tonight? Nope. I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then. And we'll talk to you next time. Later. There was a year ago, this is before the pandemic, when we were in the office, like five days a week, when there was some actually interacting with people, like... uh, during Thanksgiving, they'll do like, uh, let's go around and uh, let's see what everyone's mm-hmm. thankful for. And man, people take forever. They're like thinking every little thing that ha- it's like, all right, you're alive, you're here. Let's just, uh, this is good. Air like, conditioning. <laughs> yes. Air conditioning. But, but some people are just going on and on and on. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for, it, you know, their friends and they're naming them by name. It's like, hey, we get it. Just, <laughs> no. It's not an Oscar speech. <laughs> you fucking, air conditioning. Get on with it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a little thing. Air conditioning would be great, you know. It's not little. Yeah, but people will, 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 would never point to that, even yeah, though like no. it's, it's such a significant the, part of you know. Take away air conditioning for fifteen minutes on a yes. hot day, turn it mm. back on, then ask what they're thankful right. for. That's so, true. Uh, on the our bogus future front, I didn't get to this, but this is from like a, a few weeks ago. The Apple Watch that they sold for $17,000 is now uh, listed as obsolete in their system, as in they they have no ability to or willingness to send you replacement pieces. They can't fix it. There's, It's just like they stopped updating it wow. in 2018, right? So the first batch of Apple Watches, and some of them were between $10,000 and $17,000, uh, because they were pushing them as this like luxury item. They had Beyonce. They sent one to Beyonce. They had other fancy people buy them. But imagine spending $10,000 on an Apple Watch in 2015, and they stopped pushing out software updates to it in 2018, and you could never replace the battery, right? right. So, like, And then in now, 
they don't even recognize it as a as a product that exists basically right, right? like it just simply it completely ephemeral and gone it's psychotic to me to spend ten thousand dollars on a watch right like to me that's insane right but if you spend ten thousand dollars on a watch you imagine that in 10 years or 50 years or a thousand years right it will be possible the to, traditional watch to yeah. get out a screwdriver and make the thing continue to work basically forever right but in our bogus future we get watches that become literally just a broken piece of plastic or metal that you strap to your hand that does nothing doesn't turn on nothing happens What are you thankful for, Abe? Who killed JFK with Rob Reiner? So, yeah, it's getting good reviews for some reason. The proceeding was created with 100% human content.